0: Hey guys, it's Scott from fxmissions.com. Just a note, I've finished the trilogy of anthologies from the forefront, and all three books are currently available on Amazon.
1: Welcome to From the Forefront, an FX missions podcast with your host, Scott McClelland. Far and wide, and sometimes here at home. These bold and courageous souls that answer the call to missions have a steely metal that insists pioneering be part of their daily routine. Let's gather today and learn from those on the forefront. Here's Scott.
0: Hi, Scott McClellan here with your FX Missions. From the Forefront Podcast, thanks for being with us today. We're excited today to be joined by a couple of guys. One, I've known quite some time. You've heard on the podcast before in all likelihood. And then a new friend as well. So we'll start with the new friend, Zach Loving. Welcome. Hey, thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we have a common friend in Billy Bohannon. Can I get a a report in there? Hola a todos.
2: Billy is here. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's funny you're using spanish because we're talking to zach where are you at today zach thailand just in the <laughs> yeah, the southern part of thailand i love thailand i'm just feeling the humidity with you right now uh, <laughs> yeah
3: I'm, I'm sweating as i sit here actually <laughs>
0: yeah i can well imagine you are it's it's humid all over thailand but especially down that way w- yeah. where are you guys at Specifically, I, I only know a few areas in the south.
3: Yeah, we live and work in Chiang Mai, which actually is in the northern part of the country. But this mm-hmm. week, we've got a um, like a staff retreat going on down here in the southern, on the coast, in the southern part of the country. In Hin is the more well-known area right here, Hua Hin Beach. And so, yeah, Free Burma Rangers has access to a, a retreat center down here, and so it just worked out during all of this. Virus shutdown, which is going on here in Thailand as well, for us to be down here and still be able to work some, and then just have a good place to be together, and yeah, still hang out and avoid the virus. So yeah, God bless us in that way. So. Yeah, absolutely.
0: While we're recording here, the the COVID nineteen stuff is starting to show some some indications of lifting, but as the we're working a little bit of a backlog on the recording. It'll be a little later when it comes out and everybody will say, oh, yeah,
2: mm-hmm. I remember that.
0: Yeah. No way anyone's going to forget. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit, Zach, you're involved in in the missions effort. You have been for some time, as I understand. Where? What is your role? What do you do?
3: Yeah. So we are currently with an organization called Free Burma Rangers, so, they are based here in Thailand and then have humanitarian relief efforts, primarily in Burma, of course, as the name says, but also in the Middle East and then some work too here in Thailand as it comes up. But my role is in the aviation side of things. Uh, Free Burma Rangers just, uh, we're just heading up, just developing an aviation component to the ministry. And so I've been given that task to see that develop. And so, Mostly at this point, we've been working on that about three years now. We've had we have one small aircraft, a Cessna 172, here in Thailand in Chiang Mai, and so um, yeah, we're just working to see what God will do with that. There's a huge need, of course, in Burma with really poor infrastructure and so many people isolated, and so our our goal and our hope eventually is to have some working aviation side of what Free Burma Rangers already does, so much work inside Burma, but to have an aviation component added to it would just help so much to move people and supplies that much faster. And so, yeah, we, we've been working officially full-time here at FBR just in the official sense since October, but we've been back and forth the last several years for six months at a time, two, three, six months at a time. Each year for the last several years. And so just this October, we've made that that jump to full time with FBR. So yeah, that's where what we're doing. Awesome. And yeah. Awesome, awesome.
0: Well, that's super cool. I think folks may be familiar with, you know, the Free Burma Ranger story. Folks who are familiar with the missions in general probably will recognize the Eubank family. I was fortunate enough to catch that film they had that was showing in theaters for a few days you know a little while back that was gripping I gotta say it's gotta it seems Mm -hmm. like to me it'd be a high intensity level you know being around Dave Eubank you know what what, is that right
3: oh yeah for sure (laughs) yeah you know it's a lot of fun, actually. I love the Free Burma Rangers for that fact that we, we're just kind of a big family. Everybody here that works here and volunteers that come in and out really quickly find that out that, yeah, there's, there's a lot of work to do and there's, you know, there's tasks at hand, but really, we just enjoy serving the Lord together. So that, yes, there are moments of like, wow, you know we got to get something done here. Let's get on this. But at the same time, there's a lot of joy in the work. And so like this week, we're here, we're down at the beach. We're trying to get some work done as we can, but then we play football every evening out on the beach, you know, and stuff like that. So, so yeah, cool. Dave is, is a guy that's out on the front and doing a lot of crazy stuff sometimes, but still takes time to have fun and enjoy his family and people around him. So yeah, we have a good time too. Man, that's awesome.
0: I know that family feeling can, you know, even though there sometimes is a lot of intensity or you've got to get a lot done in a short amount of time, having that family context takes the edge off of it for sure, which is sounds like you guys have. And that, that's a wonderful thing to have. I want to talk about your family as well. I know you're, you're married and I, I believe you've got some kids, but I, I'd like to, as we're going in that direction, to have Billy kind of jump in here and tell us a little bit about how you guys met.
2: I had met them many years ago, briefly, when they were a lot younger and myself, (laughs) but just last year, they were home as they do uh, once a year. They come home to Southeast Texas and his wife, Sarah, has a sister, Jennifer, and her husband, Michael, who we knew more. And then through all those links, we kind of just, we met and had lunch together and I felt when we were having lunch that I needed to go see these guys in Alaska because at the time they were doing some part-time in Alaska, which they split that time with Thailand. So off I went to Alaska and got to live with them a little bit for an extended weekend and see what the aviation world was all about. And it was awesome. I got to see Zach's heart and his family's heart, get to know them a lot better. And Zach tried to help me overcome my fear of flying in a little bitty (laughs) plane flying around the mountains of Alaska. I still don't know how successful that was, but I appreciate the effort and got to see his skills up close and personal. So I just (laughs) thought, I don't know if FX missions could do something with Zach and his family. And I'm intrigued with the free bomber rangers connection. I really admire their heart and what Zach and his, uh, free bomber ranger family is doing. So that's kind of how that happened. It was just all quick and fast, and I think there's a connection there. And I'm really, really honored that I got to do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Very that cool. Was a fun, fun time. For real. That very cool. Thanks, Billy, for for jumping in with that. And I guess we've got to work on him on both sides, Zach, on his fear of flying. I, I, I mean, you can hardly do international work if you won't get on a plane.
3: Yeah, you know, it's difficult.
2: <laughs> well, that's how I know that I love the Lord because I keep doing it over and over. <laughs> it's like putting myself to punishment. So I'm like, God, you know, I love you, you know? So, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Well, so you're a pilot. You you were working at, for a while there in Alaska and splitting time between that and Thailand. Yeah, very cool, man. Now, I don't know anything about aviation, but I'm I'm curious. Is there a rating you have that you fly up to certain size planes or a certain distance? How does that work?
3: Yeah. So uh, just a quick rundown of how there's a lot of ways to train to be a pilot. A lot of just depends on how much money you got, kind of, and <laughs> how the Lord leads you. But mm-hmm. I did my training at Laterno University there in Longview, Texas. And that's a really good yeah. good Christian school and emphasis on missions aviation and so that's the the program that I went through. It's a four year degree, and so leaving there, I had a commercial multi engine, commercial single engine license, and then yeah, commercial multi, commercial single, which is it's a commercial license, but it you're still at that point you're limited to you know smaller six or eight typically six eight ten passenger size plane. Mm-hmm. Um, anything beyond that requires a little bit of extra training and a type rating, actually, specific to whatever other aircraft you're going to fly. But that was, you know, that was a really good program for me. I left there also with my aircraft maintenance training, my A&P certificate. So that missions aviation program that Letourneau has, really, you you leave there pretty well-rounded, you know, with the flying side, the maintenance side, and then also ministry cross-cultural training and, and that kind of thing. So so that's how I did it. And then the place there in Alaska you guys were referring to is Kingdom Air Corps is the name of that ministry. And Dwayne King is the director there, just an awesome guy. I love Dwayne so much and his heart to see uh, young guys be developed in that skill of aviation, but also to turn them into really good missionaries, too, primarily is the focus there at Kingdom Air Corps of flight training. Missionary pilot training. And so Dwayne was an old graduate of Letourneau, actually. And so he comes back every year and does a missions, part of the missions conference every year at Letourneau. And so that's how I met him. And Kingdom Air Corps, one of the reasons they exist is this transition from you've got all these ratings and a few hours from whatever flight school or, you know, like I did, Letourneau, however you do your training, but you don't quite have enough to be accepted by a missions aviation organization around the world, like MAF or JARS or some of these other places, mm-hmm. you, know, you need a little bit more experience. And so, so that's what Kingdom Air Corps is all about. So, I went there and got my flight instructor training there at Kingdom Air Corps and then ended up staying an, a, another four years there as an instructor, a flight instructor there for Kingdom Air Corps. And so, that in turn was the connection here for Free Burma Rangers. Dwayne had met Dave there in Alaska, Dave Eubank. And That's a cool story. It's a story in and of itself, but eventually said, Hey, Dave, could you ever use an airplane? You know, we, we got some that (laughs) we can donate or we can help train some guys or whatever. And so they ended up sending now one of my best friends, Kit, came to Alaska. And so we met in the summer of 2014 and there at Kingdom Air Corps. And so that just started this whole relationship with Kit and with Free Burma Rangers for us ended up as Kingdom Air Corps did donate the plane that we have here in Thailand, and so I was, you know, put in charge of that whole thing of making sure that that plane got here. And it was just step by step for me. I know that's a long answer to your question, but from just that initial training there at Laterno and not really knowing, okay, God, you know, I want to be a missionary pilot, but where and how? What does that look like? To you know, step by step from Alaska now to here in Thailand, and so yeah, it's just it's really cool how God, God leads you step by step. So yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. Very cool. Well, just kind of
0: in that same vein of thought before we transition here, how does a plane get from Alaska to Thailand? I'm just trying to think of the path you'd take. Would you ship it? Would you fly it? And, And then there's a Alaska and Thailand are physically closer than Thailand and maybe
3: Texas. Well, well, actually, this plane, it was donated to Kingdom Air Corps, but it never left South Carolina. Was that JAR or uh, somebody? No, it was just donated by a local guy there in that area that had, you know, an older gentleman that wasn't going to fly much anymore. And so he donated it to Kingdom Air Corps. And then it just, for different reasons, never made the trip up to Alaska to be used for training up there, so that one was the one that we sent, and so we actually spent several months there in South Carolina in 2016 and did the engine overhaul. Thailand requires that the engine be overhauled within the previous 10 years if it's going to be imported. Anyway, there's a lot of rules, but um, gotcha.
0: Well, that's that's good. I'm happy for those yeah. rules every time
3: I get on a plane. Sure. Yeah. So about shipping it, yeah, you you could fly it, of course, you know, but that takes a lot of man, a lot of planning, a lot of. Making sure where you can get fuel along the way, and so just a little, you know, maybe takes longer, but it is easier to just ship it. And so we we had a mm-hmm. we had a container, and you just take the wings off and take the tail apart, and it all goes in the container. You just secure all the pieces inside the container, and so we shipped the plane. That was the fall of twenty sixteen. I mean, it got mm-hmm. here in January twenty seventeen.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow, very cool, man. Yeah. Thanks for detailing that out a little bit. I'm familiar with a lot of the names that you're familiar with. Letourneau, of course, being from East Texas, I'm familiar with yeah. the university there. And and a lot of the names that you mentioned, I've, I've had some contact with JARS. My first dirt strip landing was in a math plane in rural East Africa a number of years ago. So I'm somewhat familiar. I lived in the Carolinas, just really pretty close to where JARS is and was on their campus a handful of times. So have some familiarity with the kind of the dots you're connecting. There's cool history, cool yeah. process the Lord's yeah. brought you through. Now I guess from those days training at Laterno, young man, all that somewhere along the way you you've got your family started. Uh, tell us a little bit about your uh, your family.
3: Yeah, well, Sarah and I met not technically high school sweethearts, but we didn't go to the same school. But we did meet in the high school youth group at church, and uh, we were around 15 years old. And uh, yeah, we were just had a, our close-knit group of friends there in the youth group, and we're just together a lot. My parents were the worship pastors there, and, and her dad and mom were the associate pastors of the church. And so we were together a lot, and you know, guys are slow sometimes, you know, and we just <laughs> and finally, I, maybe an angel like hit me in the head with a rock, you know, in the back of the church or something like, hey boy, you know. <laughs> yeah, we started dating in my senior year and Sarah's just a couple months older than me. And so she was already graduated and in beauty school at that point. But anyway, yeah, we started dating and got married at 20 years old. And so hey, congratulations. In, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't change any of that for sure. You know, getting married that young, I think, well, of course, has been awesome. And then we had Gabriel when we were twenty-one, so he was just a few months later. Found out we were going to have <laughs> have our firstborn. So, wow. and then it wasn't until he was almost a year old when I started Laterno. So we were already married for for a couple years and had Gabriel, and and then uh, all of these pieces started falling into place of, hey, you know, I feel like God is leading us to do this other thing. And it was a big deal for us at that point because my parents had had bought us a house out in the Kirbyville area and we had a few acres of land and like, you know, just had this little setup. And it was really a sweet time in our life. And we didn't necessarily really want to give that up, you know, but yeah. it was just, So much, that's a long story too, but just so much that God had shown us and spoken to us in all these different ways that you just couldn't ignore it anymore. And so so we sold that place and packed up and moved to Laterno and and lived there on the Laterno campus those next four years. And had Gideon in twenty ten, about right in the middle of of my schooling there at Laterno. And then when I graduated in twenty twelve, Grady came along. Not that much longer. About a year later, in 2013. So, so yeah, we have three boys who are uh, six, nine, and 12 now. And then Sarah and I just celebrated 13 years of marriage back in March. So,
0: oh wow, congratulations! Yeah, yeah thanks.
3: Very cool.
0: And well, you, you've got the G thing going there.
3: Yeah, yeah. I don't. You know, we get ourselves tongue-tied sometimes. We just throw out all three <laughs> names at once and just hope that it sticks with one of them. You know.
0: Yeah, my mom always called roll when she was trying to get her attention. So yeah. I can well imagine with the first letter like it is there yeah. that that's got to happen.
3: Sometimes. Very
0: cool, man. Very cool. So break down for us a little bit about maybe your role. I realize the the aviation piece at Free Burma Rangers is kind of new, and the concept I think of missions aviation has been developed over some time. So people sure. who are familiar with missions would be somewhat familiar with that. I think sure. we go back to stories, you know, like Jim Elliott or whatever, you know, there's a rich yeah. history there yeah. Sure. with the, certainly with that discipline. But what does that break down like? I mean, give us a, give us a rundown of what would be something normal in term of one of your assignments
3: for yeah. FBR. What,
0: what is, what, what do you, what does that mean?
3: Yeah. Well, really for FBR, we're seeing it now in, in two different veins for us. You know, we have the one airplane here now in, in Thailand registered and registered under the organization. Finally, that, that's that been a it's been three years worth of paperwork, to be honest. There's you wow. know, if you're a pilot in the United States, don't neglect that freedom. You get out there and fly. I mean, it's uh, it's a treasure to have <laughs> to have the freedom that we do. In the states, as far as flight is concerned, it's really incredible. But yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of red tape in here in Thailand, and it you know it's not things that we can't do. It just the process is just long sometimes, just this arduous thing of this paper and that paper. So we've been in that mode of really trying to lay a good foundation. You know, I just have this thought of, in my mind of longevity. You know, for this program, and so. Really trying to lay a good foundation of registering everything correctly, making sure that we have everything lined out with this first, you know, just a small aircraft, so that in the future, you know, we have goals of a medevac service for Northern Thailand. There's a lot of remote areas. We've talked to several hospitals and, you know, other EMS services. There is a little bit of emergency flight service, but it's really a uh, hit and miss. Sometimes, you know, they'll get a call and that they just nobody goes out. And so we want to make that available here in Thailand, not just, you know, for Free Burma Rangers ministry, but you know, for the the people of Thailand too, to be available for that and any governmental, you know, any way that we can help the government of Thailand too. We want to be able to do that. So but yeah, this, like you said, it's very developmental, even though it's been running at this like two or three years to to make sure that everything is is set up you know for a good you know 50 100 years whatever you know I just have this want to make sure that everything is good for that longevity and then also so that's a you know our thailand side of doing medevac and just fbr staff and other organizations there's a lot of organizations in chiang mai area that could use you know a flight service like that specifically for for missions and so We want to make that available as we get this thing moving, get it off the ground, so to speak. But then also within Burma, Free Burma Rangers runs a jungle school of medicine. It's a part clinic, an open operating medical clinic for the villagers of Karen State in Burma. And it's also a a medical training facility that every year trains medics to go back to their village and help their own people back home. But Mm -hmm. we have so many patients, they're just coming, coming, coming to this clinic and they have to, you know, some of their stories are pretty incredible of how long it takes them to get to the clinic. And unfortunately, a lot of those folks that come by the time, because it's such a hard process to get to the clinic, they wait, you know, they're, they're thinking, well, I'll get better or it's not that bad or whatever, because it, you know, they're like, I I just can't make that trip. And so by the time, uh, you know, a lot of people, by the time they get there, they've waited too long. Either the infection is too bad or the cancer is too far gone or whatever the case is. And so mm-hmm. we we want to be able to, you know, doing that medevac service where we can have a way to get in and out of the villages and they can just make a phone call or they can get in touch with us somehow and we can get those people to good medical care before it's too late for them. So that's our main push within the eastern side of Burma, Karen State, primarily, is where FBR works. So, so that's our goal, you know. And like I said, we're we're just uh, laying that foundation so we can have you know a lot of good years of, of service here. Absolutely, man.
0: Well, I mean, trailblazing is a slow and arduous work, right? I mean, right. and really, in a way, that's what you guys are doing. I know FBR has been there quite a while, and they've been doing different kinds of work, developing different kinds of service and you know, contributions. But sure. the with the air being new, I mean, if you think the DMV is slow, try to get a plane yeah. approved in a foreign
3: country, right? Is that what you're saying? Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, I think some of this paperwork just mysteriously appears, you know, I, I think we've even, some of the, the, officials that we work with i think are even shocked at how <laughs> they they don't even know where it comes from you know they're shocked at how long it takes sometimes but like you said it's it's trailblazing and then too you know we just we just trust god's timing in it as well because you know it's it gives us a chance to really feel it all out to make sure that this is where he's leading that this is what he wants us to do versus just jumping in over our heads when we're not ready so so, you know, it is long, yeah. but we are thankful, you for, for the Lord's timing in it. So, yeah.
0: Sure. Well, yeah. And, I mean, as you're making things ready, you're being made ready in the process for some mm-hmm. of these things that are yet to be seen. It is interesting, too, how any kind of process engaging the government in the states or elsewhere, you know, these are the last sets of forms you'll have to do. It's oh, fun. wait, there's one more form. <laughs> Three months yeah. after you submitted the last set. Yeah, totally but- get it. But yeah, yep. I mean God's providence is at work, no question. He's moving okay. us along and at a pace that sometimes is a trial all in its own, but he's doing his he's doing his work. Appreciate yeah. you guys and and your persistence there. Certainly want to come see you guys. We get Billy yeah. to agree to another transatlantic flight. Yeah. Let's go.
2: <laughs> let's <laughs> go.
0: All right. Yeah. I, I do think we'll we'll hope to plan to be in that part of the world, you know, soon, maybe within a calendar year or a little more, maybe mid year next year. My friend Caleb, who was on the field there eight years, I've talked to him recently as he's gotten back to the States. He he's interested in returning for some short term stuff. And I would love to plan something like that. Of course, that would put us in Chiang Mai, get to come see you guys, sure and enough. oh yeah, just get a close look. I, I got to say, I'm intrigued by the Free Burma Rangers. And yeah. folks, if you haven't seen the movie, I mean, how can people get the content that was shown in theaters? Do you
2: know it's, it's available? Time? It's available now. I just got an email from the Free Burma Rangers. Did you can sign up on their website, and they said now uh-huh. you can watch for free. So I think there's a link there.
0: Wow. We'll backlink in this blog uh, in the yeah. in the podcast to that, but that content. Wow. Yeah. It was it was powerful. I already knew that I was, you know, challenged by what you guys are doing because my friend Caleb knows Dave and I think he met up with Dave just shortly after getting in country in Chiang Mai, you know, nearly 10 years ago now. And he talked to me about him and we, you know, I got somewhat familiar, but everything I've seen from what you guys are doing has been a challenge to me. I got to say that in a good way. You know, it's very unusual. In fact, I know of nothing else like it. Yeah. And it very, I mean, you just think about so many ways to describe, you know, I, I'm stupefied a little because you know you got a former Army Ranger, Army Ranger Captain who's you
2: He's know horses do- there, bro.
0: Yeah, right, right. But well, he was a captain, right as well, right? Well, I guess he was a Green Beret. I don't know yeah, if he tells that. He
2: was a major mm-hmm. in the special forces.
0: Major, okay. Well, sorry about saying captain. I'm not very <laughs> much on military stuff, but I know there's a difference between those two. Anyway, let's just say the brother is squared away. Can we say that? Yeah.
2: Can I get an amen on that? Amen.
0: (laughs) Well, he's doing his thing. I mean, he's doing the... He's incorporating what he was trained for by the military in a developing world context, in a way that's saving life and protecting people. I'm not going to detail out all the whole film, which you should watch. We'll backlink. Please watch it. But... I got to say, that's good medicine for folks like me. And I would imagine it's pretty challenging to be up close as well. I know FBR is doing a lot of work in the Middle East. You guys are really, I didn't know that until fairly recently that you were doing work outside of Burma, which is Myanmar for those of you who don't make the connection. Where else are you working? I know the Middle East. But what else can you say about that, Zach? In terms of context, where you guys are working?
3: Yeah, there was one mission uh, before we linked up with FBR. They they did one trip into Sudan during this, you know, all the fighting, continual yeah. struggle there in Sudan, and so um, actually trained up a team as well, a ranger team there to to respond to conflict, and you know that's the main goal of what FBR does is to train ethnic, whatever country that will have, you know, will have FBR come is to train the ethnic, the national people of that country to respond to conflict when it happens to have some sort of tools to one of the main goals is to uh, get the news out of what's happening, to be able to take, Mm -hmm. you know, document what's happening, take the right pictures, put in a GPS coordinate of where this attack happened, Those, those sort of things that, you know, people in a real remote place like that may not, you know, may not understand how to, you know, document those things or, you know, the GPS location. And so, so that's a really big component of it. And so that, you know, to answer your question though, so there, you know, Sudan happened several years ago, Iraq and Syria, there's trips on and off into the middle East. And then, yeah, for sure, primarily in Burma, there's just ongoing work continuing in Burma. Even now, you know, there's fighting, in different areas of Burma. And unfortunately, you know, there was a a mission plan to go and and check that out from some of the team in Chiang Mai was going to go this month. But, you know, the borders are even more locked down than they usually are. And so that that didn't get to happen. But Mm. because FBR trains these, you know, national guys, these local guys in their in their own home area, they're still able to do a lot of that work of really documenting what's happening. And, you know, I really appreciate that that component of what FBR does because especially in Burma, the conflict there has been going on so long that it just doesn't even it's not a blip on the radar anymore of national you know international news sometimes, rarely. But a lot of that Mm -hmm. is because of what FBR does. That hey, this is still happening. People are still suffering. There's still conflict going on. And so I really, you know, of all that FBR does, that's one of the things that I I appreciate the most is that getting keeping that in front of people that, hey, there's still people suffering in in Burma, you know, that hasn't been resolved. So. So, yeah, Burma, Thailand, Iraq and Syria are your four, you know, four primary places.
0: Man, I've got to say that part of what's challenging to me about FBR is. They say, I hear the sound of mortars raining down. Let's get over there. You know, I mean, that, that's pretty uncommon right. in our world, certainly, certainly right. the Western world. If you hear gunfire, you know, you're you're trying to find something to get under, you know. But right. I think it, the founder there, you know, has been so conditioned to running to the sound of gunfire mm-hmm. over, you know, several decades that he... Right. Maybe he's instilled that as a part of his training and you guys just, you respond. I didn't know about the documentation piece, but I know that's a huge piece that I learned in the yeah in the film as well as the the right. medical care, you know? Right. I mean, war produces casualties in the sense of wounded as well as, you know, in the sense of deceased, just helping oppressed people groups and people who are endangered, you know? Yeah. I don't know what a ministry, what an objective, right? Very, very cool. Super stoked about it. And I didn't know, but there's, I mean, a lot of the international awareness that has been aired on all the primary news outlets in the last decade or so, maybe more has, you know, Dave, you know, is credited in the articles he's, or, you know, your videographers and people who are, Gathering that content are yeah. credited with, with getting the news out. So thank you guys right. for doing that. In the developed world, I think a lot of times we we lose track, we lose awareness, consciousness of what's going on in the far reaches of the world, and it's important that we don't do that, mm-hmm.
3: right? Yeah. So that's for man. sure, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. And while we, i just got to, go ahead. Of- I, Sorry. Insert this about the movie. If you go to fbrmovie.com, that's got all those there's several options of how you can purchase it or, you know, watch it, stream it, any of that. So, fbrmovie.com is where you can find the show. Excellent,
0: excellent, excellent. Well, we'll backlink that in the in the broadcast. Let me ask you just I mean, I could go a thousand directions and and got to, you know, it'd always be valuable time spent, I know. But just now I'm I'm running out of time. Thank you for being with us. I really appreciate it. We yeah. let's do connect and maybe we can grab some content when we're on the ground over there, get some yeah. of you guys to join us for some, you know, media we can gather locally there. If someone wanted to reach out to you or to your family, or maybe they want to know more about missions aviation kind of opportunities or, you know, learning how to get tracking in that direction or Anybody want to make contact with you, how would they how would they reach you?
3: Yeah, so uh, our just our our family ministry is called Loving Life Missions. You can find that online, lovinglifemissions.org, and that's got any contact info that you would need and some, you know, just a little bit of our story or a way to support us as a family if somebody wanted to do that. So that Mm -hmm. that's probably the easiest way. Yeah.
0: Okay. Loving life missions.org, just like it sounds, plural missions.org. Yep. Yep. And very cool. Well, Zach, thank you again for being with us, Billy. Thank you also for being here and for introducing Zach. Yes. Happy to get a chance to talk here. We look forward to catching up in in a face-to-face. Thank you for your efforts for the gospel, you know, and for your, uh, you guys persisting. You know we're from the same patch of woods almost there in in southeast Texas. So yeah, I'm great. always encouraged by folks who who step out from behind the pine curtain and uh, get
3: some done get something yeah. done for the gospel. Amen. Yeah I, yeah, I like that. Yeah, thank you so much for for the opportunity. This has been a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man.
0: Well, please give our greetings to your family there, and we look forward to to seeing you guys. We'll we'll continue to link up for. Some details on that. Hopefully, we'll see you in Texas again at some point downrange. And yeah. thanks again for being here. Yes, sir. Thank Very you. Good. Thanks again, Billy. Later, guys. All right. I am Scott McClellan with your FX Missions from the Forefront podcast. We'll backlink these uh, information pieces in the uh, show notes. And please do check out lovinglifemissions.org as well as fbrmovie.org. Until next time, have a good one.
1: You've been listening to From the Forefront, hosted by FX Missions' Scott McClelland. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like more information on today's guest, please go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash fxmissions. Please rate our show on iTunes or your favorite podcast provider. If you know someone who should be a guest on our podcast, we're currently reviewing candidates for upcoming episodes. Please submit their name, affiliation, and an essay of why their story needs to be told to info at fxmissions.com. And of course, you can always follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website at fxmissions.com. From Scott McClelland and the whole team here at FX Missions, thanks for listening. Till next time, have a great day.